Welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast, episode number 13. This design live is with Colleen Hawkins from The Developing Professional, Social Media 101. What you need to know about creating great content, how to have a great hashtag strategy, how to create posts that people actually want to engage with, as well as stories that'll keep your ideal client watching. You're definitely going to want to take a lot of notes for this episode. It is a good one. Kiss my aesthetic, branding, marketing, entrepreneurship. You're listening to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. I'm your host, brand designer, creative, and social media junkie, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. And I'm here to share strategies, hacks, and know-how on branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship for the online-minded small business owner. In this podcast, I'll be sharing interviews, solo episodes, and even more to help you up-level your brand by turning your visions into visuals and connecting with your ideal audience online. Let's get to today's episode. Just for anyone that missed you, maybe from Instagram or from social, they don't follow you yet. Can you give us like your synopsis of who you are and what you do? Yeah, I'll make this one shorter than my other one. I feel like I talked a lot. But I have been in marketing for probably, I guess if you combine all the time, it's like five years-ish, but uh, consistently for three to four and before that, I was a teacher, fourth grade elementary. And before that, I was a professor teaching English at Florida International University. Um, so I kind of took that teacher role into my marketing um, and developing my personal brand of the developing professional, because my name kind of, if you break it down a little bit, is um, I wanted to be a professional a young professional in um, the marketing industry. And I'm literally was just like a sponge, always learning everything I could, everything new about digital marketing and social media in particular. So constantly developing. And Michelle helped me create my brand design and logo and everything. And it just made me feel whole and complete. So um, if you don't have you know that yet, definitely look to her, she's amazing. And it just made me feel like, okay, I am the professional now. <laughs> so it was definitely a, a big jumping stone. So great. And now you kind of use your Instagram, the developing professional, your brand as a way to teach small business owners how to be better about their social media presence. And part of that is hashtag and hashtag strategy. I feel like hashtags are kind of a like unknown still at least to me like i'm kind of confused about how they work or don't work i get the essence of them but as far as like making sure that your hashtags are giving you the most reach how do you go about researching hashtags is that part of your process what does your hashtag process look like um do you manually type them in do you research them ahead of time like what is that how and how much time do you spend like reconsidering which ones are working and not working yeah, so it's a really good question. And it's something that I help package as a little, you know, this is something you need and um, should want. So usually in my social media packages, I include a hashtag library for that person's niche. But the way to find your hashtags and the ones to use. Um, so you want a good mix of hashtags. And let's say I'll take myself, for instance, just because I kind of recall how many people uh, follow these hashtags. So when I type social media manager, maybe there's 45.K, you know, that's how it shows up on uh, 45.5K on Instagram when you research that hashtag. 
So you want to have a good mix of who follows the hashtag. If I add an S to it and put social media managers, it's about 19.2K. So you want a good mix. You don't want to especially always be doing that millions of follower hashtag because you're never going to get seen is the honest truth. If you're only using hashtags that everyone uses, when you go to top and recent, the recent are going to fly by like this. And the top are going to be those mega users that have all these likes and all these comments and millions of followers. So you want a good range of your hashtags. 100 people following one, 10,000 following one, 50,000, 200,000, 800,000, a million, you know, just mix it up and put it into your niche. And that will probably change post to post too even. So I'd have about, you know, you can do 20 in a comment or um, on your post. And I would say make at least half of them your basic ones that you're going to use. Those are your core ones that are relevant to you always. And then depending on what you're posting. So if I'm starting to post an Instagram tip, I'm going to use hashtags to help people that are looking for those find that. So IG hacks, IG tips, IG like story tip, you know, like anything that would be about what I'm posting is what I want to try to hashtag. And if I'm targeting an area, this isn't hashtag, but use a location um, in your post locations. I mean, just always use a location and you'll help, you know, yourself grow. I don't always use a location and I like, I'm always like, oh, I forgot location on that one. You know, like it's just such a missed opportunity sometimes. But using a location in a hashtag makes complete sense if you're a location based uh, business. So if you're expecting people to walk in your door, then you need to be using your location as a hashtag, maybe three different ways. I live in Palm Beach Gardens, which is in uh, Palm Beach County, but West Palm Beach is uh, right down the street. So is Jupiter. So is, you know, a lot of different areas. So I might say, where are my clients coming from? I want them to come from all these areas. I'm going to hashtag all those places in different ways. West Palm Beach, WPB, you know, WPB uh, city, you know, just look for what's used in the research of the top bar and that's how you can find totally i found that it also works for kind of finding the right accounts to engage with i'm running the social for level community which is the networking group that i co-host here in san diego and i took that account i took it on in january and it had about 300 followers and i've grown it by like a thousand in like a few months and that was really about strategically finding the right kind of accounts to follow so our demo is super clear millennial women who own their own businesses they're usually in some kind of service or based industry and they live in a very very specific geographical location they also like certain types of brands so we have a few different coffee shops in the area where entrepreneurs love to hang out creatives love to hang out and so my first job when i inherited the social media account from the last person that was running it was okay i need to figure out who's tagging themselves at lofty coffee because i know lofty coffee it already attracts our ideal client and already attracts like the kind of person who would like to come to our networking group so i'll go to the lofty coffee account see who's tagged that they were at lofty coffee start looking through their content and just start authentically engaging with mm -hmm. the people that are there because i know that they share a lot of the same core values as our networking group and then that's how I was able to grow the account so quickly is by doing that and then also searching the hashtag. So searching who's in hashtag Encinitas, hashtag Del Mar, hashtag North County, like who's doing like hashtag shop Vandevort, which is one of the boutiques that's like 
all of the girls in our area like shop at like it's just figuring out who's who's using that kind of content and wants their account to be discovered they have a public profile they are a fashion blogger they are a uh, coach or a yoga instructor like those are the kind of people we want to pull into our organization so it's actually almost easier to to grow that following because i knew exactly who we were talking to yeah. For my business, on the other hand, I sometimes struggle with hashtags because my clients can be anywhere, right? So instead, I'm going to try to do like the hashtags, like hashtag creatives, hashtag society gal, which is one of the groups that I'm in, or hashtag entrepreneur, hashtag girl boss. But some of those even get so saturated that it's hard to find my kind of client because my kind of client, maybe they don't even have a social profile set up for their business yet. Right. So that becomes a little bit more stretch. And that's where TikTok's been so much more fun because TikTok has such a more more obvious discovery feature, I guess, like with that mm -hmm. for you page. But using hashtags on there was also super important because for a while I was the only one using hashtag brand designer. Wow. On all of TikTok. So if you still go to hashtag brand designer, it's majority my content and all the top videos are mine. Oh, nice. Right. So like that, hello, that's like ranking number one on Google. Like what? So that's just like, and then all the clients I've gotten from TikTok, they're like, yeah, I just stumbled upon your content and you're exactly what I needed. I just didn't know how to search for you. I didn't even know what, what to put into Google, what to put into Instagram to find your stuff. And it's, yeah. as soon as I saw you start starting to explain it and starting to display your work, like it clicked, but like, this is what I need for my business. Right. So I guess from that point of view, Try to think of a hashtag for you right now. I'm somebody naked and afraid, don't know what to do with my business. I don't know what brand means. Right. Um, I don't know. I just know that I need like website help, maybe even would be, yeah. you know, even though like you're more than that. I know you can do websites too, though. So like, yeah. I feel like that would be something that got searched first versus brand design. Um, so yeah maybe adding in a few of those hashtags about around websites would help people be discovering you in general. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting because it's a, like I said, it's a little bit chicken before the egg, right? It's like, I need to reach somebody like almost in the, at their personal account mm -hmm. to, so that they're, when they're thinking of starting a business, right? So I need to get them like, it's really, it's kind of crazy, but I think what, what we're speaking to here is, and I think this is a reason why the content that I post on Instagram has been performing well is because it's more about like my entrepreneurship and my backstory of how I started my business and what I do and pictures of my dog and what what I'm doing on the weekends in San Diego and stuff like that because that's kind of painting the picture of who I am and then the cherry on top is that I do brand design versus my strategy with TikTok is about here's all of my work from the last six years oh and by the way you can follow me on Instagram and get a totally different side of my business right mm -hmm. so it's kind of crazy, but I think for graphic designers and brand designers in general, I know Brody Rose is watching. She is a brand designer. She's also taking the Kiss My Portfolio Challenge, which is happening right now. Next week, they're going to be really focused on sharing all of this great work that they've done to social. What would you recommend for somebody who's just starting off as a designer and is starting to kind of grow their brand presence about how they approach social from a professional standpoint? I would say that you do this really well. Thanks. especially on TikTok, like you just said, but showing your process. It's I I always want to like really hone in on the fact that you're not giving away how, like how to do something or like you're not giving away your learned skill that took you a lot of time <laughs> to get there by showing your process. So that's why I give social media tips too, because cool, please use these tips, use them to your advantage. 
are you going to be able to do all this in all of your free time if you're not managing your social media? No, like it's not giving it away. It's just showing what you're capable of and showing your knowledge and building your trust and building your, the confidence put in you as a brand designer, as the design challenge goes on. So show your process, show it off, tag Michelle, because she has a really great um, following already. So she can help promote. I don't, I don't know if you're doing that, but uh-huh. usually. Totally. And just tag, I would say tag a few other accounts too that you know would probably you know show you off and recommend you. If you have clients that you already worked with, even if it's just one, tag them and then message them be like, hey, can you share that to your story or your th- or your post too? I'm just trying to build my you know following and build basically confidence in you that you're capable of this and you're, you're smart enough and you're creative enough and um, it just puts yourself out there a lot more. So definitely that behind the scenes and not only that, but maybe adding in something about yourself as a personal brand as you're going along. So yeah, yeah. I just had this conversation with my mom and my sister in the last 24 hours, right? So my mom's an interior designer and my sister's a wedding planner. Both of their industries were hit pretty hard once we went on lockdown, right? Like my sister- I love your sister's content. By the way, I follow her on TikTok. Um, yeah, so they, it was really hard to do weddings. Obviously, people were, were rescheduling their weddings and same with my mom, like she couldn't go into people's houses to do interior design. So now we're talking about, okay, what does it look like to have some kind of training or offering for her audience based on what she knows, right? And I told both of them, I was like, there's more in common between the people who are your clients and the people who want to do what you do than you think. Like there's more in common between my ideal client and people who are designers who look up to what I've done because I can talk to both of them at the same time. So doing something like a training, like a training on Instagram, like a training on TikTok, like a training on even this kiss my portfolio challenge. Like, is this for my clients? No, but is this 100% for the benefit of the designers in my group? Yes. But also I'm paying attention to the fact that there are people in my group that are my clients and I want them to see me engaging and responding and giving feedback and showing my design advice to all these designers along the way, because it's a reflection of my skill set. And, and what I value and how I do my process in kind of like a roundabout way. Yep, 100%, yeah. There's a question from Angie also. Angie is one of the designers taking the KMP challenge. She says, she wants to know if it's better to post how to's or behind the scenes on stories or on your feed. I would, I would do both. Me too. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. You know, as it fits into your feed, post it. And as it works relevant, that's where, um, on the Instagram live before this, I talked, or maybe on mine before that, I don't remember now, but um, I talked about repurposing your content. And so you made a video, cool. So is it a five minute video, a three minute video, one minute video, doesn't matter. No, take the video, take the 10 minute, put it on YouTube, take the three minute, put it on Facebook, take the one minute, put it on your Instagram post and take the 30 second clips and put it as two stories. So- And then put it on TikTok. Yeah, and then, Take the minute clip, 15 second clip, whatever time frame you want to do and put it on TikTok. It's just, you know, your audience is everywhere. And if you don't have to be on all those platforms either, you do not have to be on all those platforms. Pick your platform, get really good at that, learn another one. But just know that you can repurpose your content and it doesn't have to be in one place. So if you do post it to your post, a lot of people oftentimes will post their post to their story afterward. And that is great if you don't have the time. But if you do have the time, take the same video and post it as a story. 
and write out what you're doing and write out what you're saying for the people that can't use the sound and write in um, a call to action, maybe using the questions or the poll of what did you think about this? Was this cool? Was this helpful? Do you have a question? Put in the question box and then post everyone's question and answer them. So then you're showing, hey, these three people were interested in me. Maybe you are too, because look, other people like me. Don't you like me? You know, yeah. <laughs> so that's just how social works. And uh -huh. once you have people interacting with you, they're like, oh, well, if everyone else is, I will too, you know? So it just, it builds. So I would say good, really good question. Um, don't be afraid to do both. If you're doing, you know, both every day, then it might be a little too much. You know, see how your your insights, see how they are doing. And if you know some things do better than others, know that that's maybe more the content you should be producing for post versus stories and vice versa. Yeah, that's my biggest suggestion also. And I've actually talked about that in both of the live videos I was in this morning. Like the, we had a panel for level community. And then I was also in Brie Crow was hosting this like virtual um, seminar that I was part of about branding and brand positioning. And my biggest suggestion with social media marketing is it's like anything else marketing related. You have to experiment and then measure your results and then replicate what performs best. Like, I don't know how this got lost along the shuffle or how people think it's like the secret recipe or this like magic potion for social media. It's, it's work and it's also paying attention to what performs. So I learned probably like a year ago that when I post logo designs on my Instagram, they don't perform for jack shit. They get no comments, no engagement, nothing. If it's just the final product logo, nobody gives a damn except for that business owner. However, <laughs> if I post a time-lapse of how I made that logo, zoop, engagement yeah. way up. If I'm posting a carousel of here's the rebrand, here's the final logo, and here's the before, zoop, way, way up. Like if I'm showing here's how a logo scales from a business card to a bag, to a t-shirt, to a whatever, whatever, that one performs much better because it's all of a sudden more interesting content than just seeing the final product, right? Like you could see a beautiful dish at a restaurant and be like, yeah, that looks like good looking food, but isn't it way more interesting to see how the chef made it? Mm -hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? So those are the kind of principles that I think everybody can, can use for their social. And I think the days of like perfectly manicured feeds are kind of over. Oh, I think people are tired of it. Don't you think? <laughs> Completely. Yeah. If you don't have time, who cares? Just put something out there. If you do have time, great, more power to you. But I often, like recently, if you look through, if you were to dissect my feed right now on Instagram and look at the date of all my posts, you'll notice I really haven't posted a lot recently. And that's because I took on about four more accounts that really are time consuming and really need, are very needy and need a lot of time, need a lot of attention. So unfortunately, my own has fallen back a little bit. But, you know, today I'm so glad we have the, the live and everything because mm -hmm. I need to pay attention to my own. And I do, you know, find a lot of good people to interact with on my own. And it just it's something that I need to take my own advice and say, batch my content, you know, push it out there, sit down one day and do 20 posts and then have them right. ready to go. But so I need to take my advice, own advice a lot of times. And it's just funny. But I think. <laughs> I have a question because yeah. I ran into this and I, I don't, I can't see how many people are watching, but seven. so, so if the seven people watching want to comment their, their reaction to this and their answer, do you think it's a good idea to put a written out hyperlink in an Instagram caption and Michelle, hold off. I want you to answer it too. 
but okay. I'll let other people say yes or no first. And this is not a trick question. This is just you as a user, you know, is it a good idea? You posted something. Are you interested? Go to uh, the developing hmm. I want to see if anyone answers. Yeah, we don't have, we have another question. We don't have an answer yet. But maybe as we're waiting, should I weigh in? Or yeah. do you want me to wait? <laughs> Here's what I think. And I'm actually going to first I thought one thing and now already in my brain, I've already changed my answer. Because when I first started my TikTok account, I didn't have an active link in my bio, but I did write out my website, www.mkwcreative.co. I was getting inquiries up the wazoo just from having my URL typed out because I think people still want to be told what to do. And we kind of talked about this on the Instagram portion is like your call to action needs to be so explicitly clear because you have like three seconds to get someone's attention. And if you want them to do anything with your content, you want to tell them exactly what you want them to do. So save this post, send to a friend, share to your stories. And if your call to action is go to the developingprofessional.com, then yeah, like absolutely. Brody's even saying like, create a bit.ly link, like mm -hmm. make it super short and easy. I think, yeah, the length of your hyperlink link is really important, but I've even been doing on TikTok, people say, how do I work with you in the comments? And even though it's in my bio, even though the active link is in my bio, I type out, go to www.mkwcreativeco/contact. Like I will manually type the website out. So I think people want to take the least amount of steps possible. They want the path of least resistance to get to what they want, to what they're after. So typing it out does feel like maybe it's to your advantage. I think it's so long as the URL is manageable enough. <laughs> Agreed. I, I recently had to have an argument with a client about it because yeah. I was, I was like, if, if it calls for a call to action, I want to put it in and I do yes. put it in. And I say also like in bio, I even include it in the graphic a lot of times, but from a, I just want to see this. Comment. Yeah. We're getting good. We're getting some good uh, questions and comments about it. Teresa says, I noticed more traffic for a URL in the caption simply because of what, what I guess I said, um, for example, in stories, literally telling people message me and with an arrow pointing to the message option um, works a lot. I also have found this where if I say something like um, if I'm looking for a reaction, I've pretty much stopped using the polls because I get so many freaking robots. And now I'm almost <laughs> using the question sticker to say, hey, robots, what's my favorite color? Because anyone that knows me knows that it's yellow and you can see from the page that it's yellow. And then any robot comment that commented in my box and block, 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 block. Like my list of blocks now is probably 800 people long. Just wow. ro straight robot accounts. Um, because I don't want you engaging with my content if you're gonna send automated messages. You're not my ideal client. See ya, cut through the shit, like cut them out, get out my life. Don't show up here ever again, basically. Because it's, it's a waste of my time. It's not a good use of my time to be interacting with accounts that aren't real. So I think that that's super interesting, but I think writing out the URL, like you'll definitely see right away. The only downside to that is then from your website analytics, you won't be able to see who's coming from where. Well, definitely. I mean, that's a that's a, a main pain point in doing that, but uh, for sales wise or for conversion wise. So the thing I was saying is for sure do that when we are trying to push people to your website to, you know, look at you, but for the same purposes, you don't want to come off as salesy every time. So yeah, I think use it strategically. Some That's content shouldn't use it and the client, it's not even the, the owner, but somebody on the team was like, 
nope, I've, I've seen an account use it every time, this one account I know, and it's great. And I'm like, but that's just your opinion. It's not the whole audience's opinion. I think it also depends on the brand, right? So if I'm going to say I'm now booking projects for July, blah, 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 like submit your project www.mkwcreativeco slash services or slash contact, like that makes a lot of sense. Like, but if I'm just going to put in every caption, going to put my website, it does start to feel kind of like wet. Yeah, it does. It just doesn't feel authentic. I agree. Me as a social media manager, but that's why I wanted to hear other people's opinion first. Cause then I saw some people saying like, that's a good idea. I'm going to try that out. And I think if you have, if you need the call to action, I, I do want to hear, you know, if people want to reach back out to me after they try it, I do want to hear your results and right. how it goes, even if it didn't go well, like, I just want to hear how it's working for other people. We got yeah. another long ass question alert. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's get to this. So Amanda says, I am starting a small online business selling physical products. I'm in the process of acquiring the products and trademarking them. So I don't have any images to post to social yet. Should I wait till I have images to start promoting the brand or how should I start promoting? I have so many thoughts. Go, go start. <laughs> um, so let me look at starting a small online business selling physical products. You can talk about that product before you even show it. You don't have to show the product yet. You can say what it is and um, with, you know, Facebook, you can obviously do a text post, but with Instagram or TikTok or any other platform that has video, you can talk about on a video. If you don't want to be your personal brand for that brand, then you can create, you know, slides or something talking about it if you want video content. If you just want a graphic, you can just talk about what the products are or are going to be. And Michelle, I'll let you weigh in on it too. Yeah, I was going to say Canva is your best friend. Mm -hmm. I mean, find ways to create graphics that relate to your ideal audience. Maybe Amanda, you can tell us specifically what kind of product you're working with, but let's just throw out the example nail polish, right? So if you're selling nail polish and you need to start up an account, but you don't have the actual, maybe it's a really special kind of nail polish that I don't know, is like glow in the dark, right? So maybe you're not specifically talking to that product yet because you don't have that product in hand, but what do people that wear glow in the dark nail polish that are your ideal client, what do they care about? How can you start to create content that's relevant to them? That is kind of that very shareable, like brand focused kind of stuff. I think the person that does this brilliantly is Lindsay Albanese. She's the inventor of Top Tote, which is this little hat magnet that you can clip your hats onto so your hats you don't have to carry your hats all day right i'm a huge fan i've been a huge fan of her stuff for a long time of course i got the lips for kids my aesthetic look there we go and so basically it's just a super strong magnet it holds your hat so your hats don't get ruined it's amazing for traveling every time she launches a new one of these she shares to her stories with like a gift sticker over top like coming soon and like aren't you excited and she'll do that on stories and in her feed so she's not even showing the product yet but she's getting people excited for what the new shape or the new color or the new style is going to be so you could absolutely do something like that um, when it comes to your product-based business especially if you're doing anything like a flat lay or a lifestyle photo or start to like set the scene for what your user is looking for I guess would be my suggestion. Another nice thing for creating a new profile is uh, when you don't, you get an advantage when you don't really have followers yet either. So you can put all those annoying posts that are broken out and everything, you know. The puzzles? Into, yeah, and make it look cool before things even come to, into, you know, regular posting. I would just know in your mind that eventually when you are doing posts individually that 
layout may not always look the same. So plan it out in that fashion. Uh, maybe it's just two and then they'll always, almost always be next to each other. Right. So. Right. So Amanda says she's going to be selling t-shirts, mugs, candles, and stickers. So I'd be curious to know exactly who your ideal client avatar is for that. Like, are they women? Are they men? Are they, do they have families? Are they single? Like, where do they live? What's the income range? Is it boutique? Is it high end? Because that will start to indicate what um, kind of content you should do. And then also figure out what the referral, your best referral partners would be. Like, are they lifestyle bloggers? Are they interior designers? Are they dog moms? Like whoever those people are, like what kind of content do they consume? Like what's the style of content that they like to look at and share and repost and post on their own feeds? And that should give you some indications as to what kind of stuff you could be posting. But also consider how much of your own personality comes into play in that brand. Mm -hmm. uh, because there might be, I actually had this conversation on the last call with this guy who is starting this company, creating a foot pedal for video games. So it's an extension of your controller so that you can use your controller with your feet for like different functions. He says drummers use this and pianos use this and there's no foot control part for video games. And I was like, okay, that's something I would have never thought of. But we were talking about his social content and about how he's like, he's a little bit older. He's like, I don't really want it to be about me. And I said, you need to lean on your user generated content for sure. For I sure. wonder how that'll play into like amputees. Yeah, that's also like a market he wants to break into. So he's in the he's in the process of like pitching and going to sharks and stuff like that and getting angel investors for his program. And so I suggested that he work with a marketing agency that has experience with Kickstarters. Because although he doesn't have the product in hand, he doesn't have patents finished, the whole story of how he even came up with the idea is brand building content. So same for you, Amanda, like the whole story of how you decided to start selling t-shirts and mugs and candles and stickers online plays into your how you approach it on social. Like they're all interrelated. And your mission statement and anything like that, if you don't already have those, maybe think of those to share as you're building that foundation of who is this? What is this? What does she do? What is this business? Obviously, coffee goes in the mugs, right? Eventually, or tea, maybe putting some coffee content or tea content when you say coming soon, mug pictures and stuff like that. Candles, you can do fire, you know. So anything that just relates, I would say is, is usable. And definitely, if you're using your personal story, use it. <laughs> yes, always, always. That kind of leads into the next question. And this will probably be the last question since we're already over time. Um, but Teresa asked, how do you go about creating a professional Instagram for yourself? So I know Teresa, she was my intern for a brief amount of time, um, but she has her personal Instagram and she's like newly engaged. She's planning a wedding, all that stuff. And then she also has like her work that she works for another company. I think if I'm getting this right, Teresa, you're somewhere in the middle where you're like, okay, I don't want to share all my personal content, but I also like need to start developing an online presence aside from my company in case like you end up going a different direction in the future. What are your suggestions for her? I think the developing professional is a great case study for this. Um, yeah, I did this. So yeah. the professional <laughs> is my professional account. I have a personal account. I don't mind if people follow it. It's public as well. It's zero nine chalky, you know, my, very first username that I had in high school for, you know, emails or something. And I just kept it. And those, I have 700 some followers on that. Those are literally for the most part, all people I know. And no, personally from my personal life, 
public, my coworkers could go follow it. I'm at the age, I'm 29, where I'm not posting some thoughty thing. <laughs> so I don't care if they follow me. You know, I, re- I rarely post on that. But um, so my, the switch though, I did create my developing professional one though about two years ago. And I was trying to create a more professional account and to show like I know social media and to eventually give tips and everything if you go to like the way bottom of my profile you'll see i have no aesthetic and i'm trying to figure it out i think i deleted some posts or archived them by now but they were like not relevant to my brand a lot of them were just pictures of me at first and different things i'm doing to show you that like this is what i work in and this is the industry i'm in um before i really start to give tips and mine is really tips based and everything and then i like to be motivating at times too so occasionally i post a motivational quote um plus they just do well on my account so they help me with my analytics but i would say to create yeah just create a separate professional account and just start posting on it um using some strategies like hashtags and you really should start following people on that account if you want them to follow you back and figure out who you want to follow on that account do you want to follow all your friends and just have a second account? Or do you want to engage with um, other young professionals in your industry and industries that are similar to you, clients that could be potential clients? That's who I would say to look for and building your content. And just kind of try to figure, figure out, even if it's just a small game plan of what am I going to do? I'm going to put my picture that I normally put on LinkedIn as my first picture, you know, like because I want to be professional. So. That's where I say where you start and then you'll just look at it as you keep going and as you spend more time on it. Just starting is obviously always the first first step and you got to just fight the bullet and go for it. Yeah, and I would say that and consistency. For me, I have a personal account. It's private. It's the one that I had in college and I haven't posted on it in a year and a half. So like I'm over it. Like I basically I even have in my personal bio, like all of my stuff is on my business Insta and I just spit them right over to my business account because that's really where I'm going to put in my effort because my life is my business and my business is my life. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I'm my own boss. So that's, it's super, they're super intertwined for me. And it was, it felt silly of me to go into my personal account and post stuff because it just like, didn't feel like it belonged there. I was like, I felt like it, that was a different lifetime ago. So I bailed on that one and now everything lives on MKW Creative Co. But now I've also picked up another Instagram account with Kiss My Loops. So it's a whole thing. But I think if you are in this transition spot between personal work and then now wanting to have professional presence online, I think your suggestions, Colleen, are spot on as far as like, what do you want that professional voice to be? Who are you trying to connect with? What is the purpose of the account? And why would somebody follow you there? Those and I would say yeah. something I learned as um, I had to break out of my shell to get more personal on my professional account. So if you ever read my captions, that's where I have like stories basically written out. But I, I at one point, like months and months ago, I go, okay, I'm trying to get more personal on here. I'm trying to tell you things that happened in my life, whether I'm gone for a long period of time or if I'm just not you know, not around as much guys, it's because this, this, this is happening in my personal life. Oh my gosh, I got engaged. This is so exciting for me. Don't you guys want to know about it? Um, yeah, it's super, it's a milestone. And I feel like I should share with that audience as well. So breaking into the personal space was hard for me at first on that professional account. Cause I was like, well, these are like people I, I work with or clients and I don't know, but once they get to know you better, they, they want to take advice right. from you and they trust you more. And 
they're like, oh, I know her really well. She's really nice. She's really cool. You know, whatever it is that you're putting out there. Yeah, I saw, hilariously, an ad for Masterclass on my Instagram about the difference, like how to get people to listen to your message. And it says there's two things that are super, super important when trying to get someone to listen to your message. Warmth, competency. But you always have to lead with warmth. People don't really care what you're capable of if you're coming straight out the gate with like, look at me and everything that I can do. They don't give a crap. They, you need to be warm first. And once you've warmed someone up, then you can prove them, oh yeah, like, okay, we have this connection point. Like we're personable with each other. Yeah, here are some of the things that I've been able to do. And it's so much easier of a transition to be warm and then super, super competent than to be competent and then try to sugar people up and get them warmed up to your ideas and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of becomes a psychology thing. I'll have to actually figure out whose masterclass that was because I don't remember. And I definitely watched it at like one in the morning when I rolled over and looked at my phone because I couldn't sleep. But mm -hmm. it stuck in my head and I was like, that makes so much sense. And I think that's why we relate to the people that we like because not because they're good at their job. Like, of course, it's because that plays a role. But we end up working with the people we want to work with because like they feel like it feels like we can trust them. Like they feel yeah. friendly. They're going to try their best for you. Yeah. yeah. What? Sweet. Sure. This is awesome. I can keep talking, but I know that we're. No, I know. So good. <laughs> but this is like a good solid. Uh, what are we on? The 37 minute mark. So I think that that pretty much sums it up. You may have to come on as a second guest. And I definitely am going to send you some kind of virtual margarita. I don't know how to make that happen. But I owe you a drink big time for the time mix up. So yeah, everybody be sure to go follow Colleen, connect with her. Where can everyone find you? Um, get your great tips and everything like that. Yeah, I'm the developing professional on both Facebook pages and um, Instagram. So Instagram is totally my baby. That's where I'm most popular. If you want to follow me on TikTok, I'm the developing prof or prof. It ends with one F. You know, it wasn't enough space. And <laughs> I did do one TikTok dance on there if you want to follow hey. me. <laughs> but um, I'm more of a watcher on there at this point than I am a content creator. So hopefully eventually we'll be well, there'll be more. But LinkedIn, find me, just my name, Colleen Hawkins. My URL has West Palm Beach at the end. Uh, that's where I'm from. But I'm really trying to get up my LinkedIn connections. So if you want to connect yeah. with me there, I'm trying to build up my LinkedIn because I noticed I'm not doing uh, as good of a job on LinkedIn as I am on other platforms. So I'm trying to spend yeah. time there and connect with people there. LinkedIn is very interesting and I need to pull on like a LinkedIn expert, I think as a design live guest, because I've been noticing certain things and I want to know if my observations are legit or if it's just of like a fluke, because I think it has a lot of potential and I think LinkedIn is becoming a lot more creative than it was previously. I've been on a few webinars for LinkedIn and you know, the first one, it was like, I know all this stuff. And the second one, it was like, Oh wow. Interesting. You know, so there's definitely a lot to explore on LinkedIn. Um, I I know from redoing profiles alone, uh, if you don't have anything in your about right now, guys, on LinkedIn, go go write something. Go put what you do and put who your target client is. Because people right looking for you will be like, oh, you're looking for me and I need you, you know? <laughs> so uh, if you want to go look at my profile to kind of see the format I used, you can copy me. But connect <laughs> sweet okay well thank you so much colleen have a good rest of your friday and we will see you in the facebook group if anybody else has additional questions as they're watching the replay you can feel free to type it out in the comments and colleen and i will try to get back to you kind of over the weekend and stuff yeah 
Have a great weekend. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being so flexible and my time mishaps. Yeah, no worries. (laughs) Cool. Thanks, girl. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. For more information, please visit mkwcreative.co slash kmapod or follow along on every social media channel at mkwcreative.co. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group by the same name, Kiss My Aesthetic, and to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Catch you next time.